So over the last few weeks, we've been going through the uh, Psalm 139, and that's where we're going to be again today. If you have a phone, iPad, um, normal Bible, or if you need to borrow the one in front of you, it's on page one, uh, 618 in that Bible. Um, we're going to be there again this morning, and we're going to just take a look at a couple other, couple, few more verses of it as we continue to unpack um, this intimate God that we, we serve we love, and um, I wanted to start, though, today just by, I want us to read through where we've already been. Um, I think it's important as we read Scripture that we don't um, just hang out in a couple verses, that we see everything that's going around, and plus, if you haven't been here, you don't know what we talked about last week, so um, I would encourage you, you can hear those sermons online at choicecc.org backslash backslash messages, Um, but This is what David said. So we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to just work our way through what we've already kind of talked about. Verse 1, O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful, too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as a light to you. So th- that's what we've, we've talked about. And over the last few weeks, we've talked about how we're known by God, right? That verse 1 says, you, have, you know me and you have searched me. God knows who we are. God knows how we think. God knows what we've done, even when others haven't. God knows, right? So God, God knows us. We've been known by God. And then we talked about how we're pursued by God. Around verse 7, David starts talking about, where can I hide from you? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I go to the depths, you're there. If I go to the right, you're there. If I go to the left, you're there. Because God is everywhere, but he is pursuing us. He wants to be a part of our lives. And then today, we're going to look at the next uh, three verses, or four verses. And and let's just go ahead and read those, and this is kind of where we're going to camp out today. In verse 13, David goes on, he says, For you created... My inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know this full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Have you ever created something? 
Have you ever made something? I, um, one of the giftings that God has given me in my life is that I can make things. Um, sometimes that looks like art. Sometimes that just looks like whatever Emily picks off of Pinterest for me to make for her. Because um, that's how it works. Emily will see something on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever the next thing is, and go, hey, I want this, which means I have to figure out how to make it. Um, thankfully, that's kind of how I'm, I'm wired for that. And there's one of these things that happens when, when you create something, when you make something, the longer you take on it, you start to see the intricacies of it. You start to know it better than other people know things. For instance, Emily decided we needed subway tile backsplash. Never put backsplash up in my life. How hard can it be? It can be fairly hard. It can be fairly hard. You know, there's all these measurements you have to do sometimes and, you know, cutting tile is not easy if you don't have all the right tools and so all of these things, right? And I found out that because I would spend hours and days putting this backsplash up, there were little pieces that Emily couldn't see, but I looked at it and I went, that looks terrible. But Emily was like, I don't, I don't see what you're talking about. Because I had spent the time creating this. I had spent the time putting this together. There's another time um, when Emily decided that we needed to do a reclaimed wood wall behind our front door. About six feet wide. We have all of this old lumber that somehow we've been collecting over the years. Even though we lived in an apartment, I can't remember where we put it. And all of a sudden, we need a reclaimed wall. So I learned during that process how to use a table saw. Brian Scott taught me how to not to cut my fingers off. And I also learned that my garage needs insulation because I did it in December. But I also learned where each one of these pieces of wood went. And I created each one of them with my hands and a saw. Like very manly, very Tim Allen, home improvement. <laughs> like, thank you, thank you. Appreciate you over there. Um, if you're too old for home, the home improvement line, or too young for the home improvement line, I don't know what to tell you. Um, look it up on YouTube. Um, but I would come in and I would be like, ah, yes, this piece fits. And I would look at the pieces and some of them had stamps because they used to be on pallets or they used to be what, you know, whatever. They had these like half words on them and half letters on them. And I was just like, but look at the beauty of this little piece. Like I know why that one piece it had to be that big. I mismeasured six times, and that's the one that's got to fit. But I intimately know this wall, which is really weird. I get that. But if you've ever created something, maybe you have that experience. Or maybe if you've put together a car again, or an engine, or Maybe, maybe if you've done needlework, you know that there's certain points where you just had to make some adjustments or you had to, you know it intimately. And even if you're not creative, if you mow your lawn, you probably know your lawn pretty intimately because you spend time with it. You have to mow it. You know where that hole is that you say every time, I'm going to fill this hole and then you don't fill the hole as you like kind of do one of these numbers, right? Good, I'm not the only one. Okay. <laughs> Every time I find that hole, I'm like, I said dirt, and then I don't put dirt in it. 
But intimately, we know these things. And that's how intimately God knows us, because he created us, David says. In verse 13, he says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Hear that phrase, knit, you knit me together. Some of us maybe never knitted in our lives, but we probably know people who have. We understand the meticulous nature of that. We understand the skill of that. We, is, we understand the repetition of that. And so this word here makes us understand that God didn't just go, hey, boom, you're created. He took his time with us. And, and we should know that. that. Today, if you don't know this, I pray that maybe this is all you need to hear, is that God created you. That God created you. Just like David says, David says that he knew him, he created his innermost being, he shaped him, he formed him, he knit him together in his mother's womb. But guess what? He did the same for us. And what's fascinating is that the God who knit together the universe knit together us. Just think about that for a second. You sang God of Wonders earlier, and I, and I don't know if you're like me. I, I love uh, going back to that song every now and then. When I was in college, that's all we sang and that's all we played, so I'm glad there's a, a, there was a break. But like when I sing that song, my mind is, I close my eyes, and you guys know my imagination, I close my eyes and I'm zipping through outer space. And then I'm like zooming into earth and I'm seeing all of the beautiful, marvelous, wonderful things that God has created. And then I'm looking now at all the beautiful, marvelous, wonderful things that God has created. Because God has created us. And maybe you need to hear today that God didn't create you on accident. He didn't create you on accident. He didn't create David on accident. He didn't create me on accident. God, the creator of the universe, created you. He took his time with you. He knit you together just like he did David. And this is where my brain starts to hurt a little bit. Because God is so big and so powerful. And yet, as we've been learning these last couple of weeks, he's also, he's like the God that is huge and we can't see anything but him. But then he comes down on this intimate level with a bunch of knuckleheads like us to know us, to love us, to create us. I mean, it's just amazing. If we, let, if we just think about that, it's just so amazing. And, it re and hopefully it leads us the way it leads David. Look in verse 14. David says, I praise you because I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. David is there in this moment just going, God, this is too much. I, am j I just praise you for what you've done. I praise you for who you've made me. I praise you because I'm wonderfully and I'm fearfully made. You know, we, 
part of the reason that we are that is because of how God created us. If we look in Genesis 1.26, it says, that, um, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. So God says in Genesis, as he's creating the world, right? He gets to humans and he goes, let's create them like us. Let's create them like God, in our image. So we have this beauty, beautiful and terrifying thing of free will that is built into us, but we are created like God. Again, not by accident, and we are wonderfully and fearfully made, and that is something that we should worship and praise God for. But if you need a little bit more of a reminder, if you need to be um, maybe on the technical side, maybe you look at things and you go, I'm not very creative, but if, if I have some stats, I can fix this. I can think about this. And each one of us, there's 206 bones. Each one of us has 206 bones in our body. That's a lot of bones. Each one of us has 650 muscles. All working, all moving together to help us get from point A to point B to do this thing and to do that thing. Each one of us, over the years will grow 590 miles of hair. Some of us. You, you guys are mean. You guys are mean. I saw what you did there. Some of, yeah. Some of us will grow 590 miles of hair. But think about that. Like, that's just, that's incredible. Some of us, well, most of us anyway, well, we have about 20 square feet of skin. 20 square feet of skin. And from a technology standpoint, maybe this is up your alley, but the human eye has a resolution of 576 megapixels. One of the top cameras on the market of taking a single picture is somewhere around 50. Our God is amazing. Our God created us wonderfully. You were created wonderfully by God. Again, not by accident. I mean, if you, if there is so much, if you were to just dive into the complexity of the human eye, like if you were to lose two hours after the service Googling the complexity of the human eye, it is hard to make a case that God doesn't exist. Just on a single human eye. And so we praise God because we are wonderfully created by Him. And because He made you and because He made me, we have value, we have worth, we're loved. He didn't just go, ah, here's a couple cells, okay, you're good. Like he put effort, he put time into 
our creation. We can't forget that. And again, maybe that's just what you need to hear today. Maybe you need to, all you need to hear is that, that you are loved, that you are valued simply by your, you being on this planet because that is what, how God feels about you. David goes on in verse 15 and he says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was um, made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. So again, David harkens back probably around to uh, verse 7 where he talks about where can, where can I go? Where can, where, I can't hide from you, God. You're everywhere. Sort of touches on this idea that God is omnipresent. That's a fancy word for meaning God is just everywhere. Because there's nowhere to hide. If, if God knows us while we're being knit together in our mother's womb, there is no place for us to hide. But he knows us intimately. And then David continues in verse, at the back end of 16, he says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So in 15, David sort of touches on this idea of God being omnipresent. And then in 16, he talks about he touches on this other principle where God is omniscient, where basically he knows everything. And he even sort of talked about that uh, back up in, uh, in what we read before as he uh, talks about how not even before, in verse 4, before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. That God would know these things before they happen. It's amazing because God is simply amazing. And the fact that he created us in the way he did is also amazing. But if he created us wonderfully, as he has, the question might arise as to why. Some, over the years, have claimed that God just kind of made the world and now just kind of hangs out and watches it from afar, almost like a weird reality show sort of experiment but I'm here to tell you that that's not what he did. God made us to be in relationship with him, to love him, to love each other, and for one other purpose. And, and Paul picks up on this, both this creation idea and being made by God for something. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, this will be on the screen, and it says this, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works in which God prepared which God prepared in advance for us to do. So Paul says we are created by God. We are God's handiwork. The original language there is that handiwork is actually masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. Human beings are his masterpiece. And, he create, and we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And then we get to this piece that uh, Paul was kind of talk, or David was kind of talking about in 16, where he says, and then there's good works for us to do that God has already prepared for us in advance. You were wonderfully created by God for a purpose. You were wonderfully created by God for a purpose. 
That purpose is that you would love him and that you would love those around you and then that we would take the gifts that God has given us and then we would put our lives into play. That we would serve those around us with those gifts. That's very clearly what Paul is laying out here in this passage as he says that God, that we're to do good works that God's already prepared in advance for us to do. Because he knows that in that knitting process, he's given us talents. He's given us gifts. And some of us know those. And some of us are thinking right now, I don't know what that is. The quick answer would be, think about the things you're good at, and that's probably your gifting. The longer answer is that I, t- I talked about a little bit earlier um, how we are going to preach through that, that class. Well, starting in January, we're going to have another class where we're going to just be asking people to come to work through it, and it's going to be on spiritual giftedness. We're going to actually do some like tests and kind of think about what is it that God has wired me to do, and how can I use those gifts to serve the kingdom? And so if you don't No, if you're sitting there going, Drew, I got zero idea what God would want me to do. Don't worry. Help's on the way. We're going to do that. as We're going to provide that opportunity for you to be around with other people, and we're going to work through what that means when when God says, there's these things I prepared for you to do in advance. You just need to know what you're you're good at. How did I wire you? Now, for some of you, you might have been through that class, and I would also say you should go through it again. Um, but if you already know and you're not plugged in, there's another one of these, there's one of these cards in front of you too. And I'll make the, the shameless plug of, I want to serve. Because we believe that God wants us active. We want, that God doesn't want us just showing up, hearing his words, singing some songs, saying a prayer and going home. That we're to be connected to him, but we're to be connected to the body and so if you know where you would like to serve, that green card is the fast track to getting you where you want to go. You can fill it out and you can turn that in at the desk too or you can come talk to me about it, whatever the case may be. But we can't forget that, that we're created wonderfully for a purpose. And to me, that's what David is laying out here throughout this whole thing. So today, maybe you just needed to hear that you are not a mistake. Maybe life has been so rough to you that you just kind of go, God, I don't know why I'm involved in this thing or why I'm even here. If that's you today, I would love to pray for you. We're going to, here in a moment, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into a time of worship and some of our leaders are going to be in the back. We would just love to pray with you about that. You know, part of our purpose, too, is to eventually give our lives to Jesus. And if that's something that you're thinking about, we would love to talk and pray with you about that as well. Um, I don't know where you're at today, but we would be happy to talk with you or pray with you in the back. Um, because we're all, we're all created by God, wonderfully, and on purpose, for a purpose. Let's pray. God, we just want to say thank you for how big for how awesome, for how loving, for how amazing, for how merciful you are. God, it's hard for our human minds to comprehend 
what it is that you do in our creation. But God, we are thankful that a God as big as you would know us that intimately. God, would you help us not forget that you, you love us that intimately. You know us, you pursue us, and God, that you created us. God, we thank you that in your pursuit you sent Jesus to this earth and that he died on a cross, was buried, and then rose again. God, we thank you for what that meant to this world. We thank you for what that means to us. Thank you for Jesus. God, we love you, and we pray all of these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.